What is up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Picking Corners podcast as a part of the Box Lacrosse channel. We are excited to be here with you today. Thanks to our new partners, Bar Down Lacrosse. Bar Down Lacrosse, guys, if you don't know about them, does everything from OJLL to the NLL and everywhere in between, including the Back of the Bird podcast and a whole lot of other great content. Um, anything you need, Box Lacrosse, any NLL merch, whatever you're looking for, Bar Down Lacrosse surely has it for you. And if you're in the NHL fandom, you should check out the Bar Down NHL store as well. They do everything from hockey to lacrosse, and it's pretty freaking awesome. I got to say, I mean, we spent probably 10 minutes a couple of weeks ago just scrolling through the merch, and it looks absolutely phenomenal. Um, and then the selection as well for the NLL stuff is huge because I know for the longest time, you know, us NLL fans out there, we've we've grasped the issue of trying to find good NLL merch. And Bar Down Lacrosse, it has it for you. So we urge you to go ahead and over and check out GoBarDownLax.com. Again, GoBarDownLax.com, thanks to our partners at Bar Down Lacrosse. A lot more coming from that partnership. Cam's got some graphics. There's some great <laughs> stuff coming out. Maybe you're listening to this and you already saw it. But what you didn't see to start this whole thing out is my computer got overheated from being in the car because it's 110 degrees in Iowa and almost September right now. And we're freaking living, guys. Fall ball is about to start. The boys are going to get sweaty and they're going to have a great time. And nonetheless, we're here. We're here. We're also joined by Eric Turner of the Las Vegas Desert Dogs, the box lacrosse aficionado, pro player, Instagrammer. Everything, everything. We started off the pre-show here just talking a little bit about Eric. You and I have kind of followed back and forth on social media for a long time, and it's been really cool to see your journey from where you were recovering from injury, playing some IBLA games the whole way through. I, I got to know how many box teams you've played with. That's my 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 loaded question right now, and I'm, I'm going to say this before I even continue on the intro, a rough estimate of how many box lacrosse teams you've played on in your life. In my career, in your career, let's take it. Let's take it back. I'll make it simple. Last six years, I would say probably close to six is probably in in the range. Um, Well, maybe more honestly, Um, because like for a couple of years, like I was, I was just looking for opportunities to play as much as I could. So it's actually probably way more with all the tournament teams and stuff. I'm trying to count them in my head right now. And, and I, on the spot, it's pretty hard to do. So it's probably a lot, <laughs> a lot more than it, than just a couple. Well, if people want to check out your journey and kind of how many teams you play with and try to get a tally themselves, they can head on over to your Instagram, obviously. But aside from that, pumped to have you in here, man. Pumped to talk face-to-face via some weird social platform thing you were working on here. Um, but there's a podcast to be had. Garrett, Cam, um, we had a nice little game the other day. Uh, I want to point out that uh, I didn't see Cam on the floor to start the game out. Um, and I'm, oh, no, I um, forgot. And I, can, <laughs> and, I can see, and I can see Garrett, and we're all lined up for the anthem. And I'm like, where the hell is Cam at? Like, I don't see Cam anywhere. And so I'm looking around, and there's a guy that kind of looks like Cam. And I'm like, oh, it must be Cam. And I go up, and like, I just kind of start giving him a hard time on the floor. I'm like, ah, that's not Cam. Next thing I know, I see Cam walking, running over in his full uniform behind the boards to get to the bench. And I'm like, welcome to BLL lacrosse. In Chicago. <laughs> okay, so this is what happened, right? Time, so my, 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 my dog has been having some issues. So she was sick that night and then like in the morning a little bit. And my fiance was in Madison. So like I didn't want to leave her 
at home she was I mean she's at home probably five-ish hours six hours at that point right from the time I leave to the time I get back so I didn't want to leave until I knew that she was going to be all right but I'm in the city and I mean it it took me like an hour to get there which is absolutely absurd because without traffic it would take me like 40 minutes um so what I did was is I I actually threw on most of my gear um so I was wearing like my box shoes I had my ribs and my chest pads on I had my like bicep pads pretty much the only thing I didn't have on was my like helmet and my gloves and my elbows right I put the jersey on so that way when I got to the parking lot I literally like left my bag in my car just grabbed my stick like put the the um the car key on the wheel and the back wheel well and then just walked into the game walked around the 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 rink and then hopped over the board so that I could get into the uh into the you know the box there so uh, yeah, definitely an interesting experience. Um, and I feel like it's been happening a lot more lately, but well, things well, don't calm down here. So what people I mean, don't know is that that's actually two weeks in a row. Members of the picking corner, uh, podcast have actually been late to one of their own games because the weekend prior I was driving to Omaha, Nebraska, which is the most boring drive of all time. I love yeah. my guys, but between <laughs> Iowa and Omaha, there's nothing, man. And I'm getting there and I'm flying and we hit traffic in the morning. I'm like, man, I'm going to be late. And my time keeps going up. And I'm like, man, we're past the opening whistle by a lot now. And I get there and I couldn't get directly to the bench. So they have to, they have to stop the entire play and let me run across the middle of the field with my bag just to get to the bench. So that's two for two. That's two weekends in a row that, that members of this podcast have been late to their own games. Unbelievable. Gary. Yeah, um, they're about to kick us out of the NLL player pool at this point. <laughs> yeah, we're just unreli- we're too unreliable. Um, probably could have played PBLA, but rest in peace. It was funny because I was like wondering, like pretty soon after the game started, early on, someone's on the bench. I'm like, number 19 is an asshole. I'm like, oh yeah, just a lot started. of our guys <laughs> didn't like you, Tucker, uh, and with good reason. You know, you're, you're pretty physical out there. Um, but you know, I just like physical, man. I thought I was gonna die at one point. You were getting beat up. Uh, yeah, our defense fun. is pretty pretty tough. But yeah, good time. Honestly, I want to go back to the the bar down partnership just because I want to kind of give the fans a little bit of an insight on you know what that entails, right? So. We're going to have uh, a team store up there just like everyone else does that they sell merch for, right? So just like Lacrosse Barriers, Back of the Bird, NLL, OJLL, Minto Cup, all that stuff, right? We're going to be up there too. One of the cool things, um, Eric, I'm not sure when it's going to happen, but they're going to start giving us merch to give all our guests. So we'll be able to ship you some like cool box across channel stuff, which you'll be happy, I'm sure, to wear to oh, yeah. some games this year or oh, yeah. some big events. Uh, and then in addition to that, um, we're just going to be, uh, representing them at, at any events, you know, getting all our merch done through them. So it's gonna be a really cool partnership. And, um, speaking of bar down, I know that they'd recently just outfitted, um, the junior NLL kind of tournament that you guys just had, Eric, I'd love to kind of talk about your experience with that. What was it like being able to, um, kind of coach a, a team that's, you know, they're supposed to be more local, right. From the area, trying to have, have players come from, you know, the, the actual cities that you're representing. Um, what, what was that like kind of putting that together and then going in and being able to coach um, and having that experience? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always really cool when you can offer uh, unique and exciting experiences to kids in that age bracket. And for our first year, we wanted to do a U13 team, the youngest level, just so um, we could kind of have a, a good foundation to build off of in future years. And um, 
you know, kids are going to be really excited to represent NLL teams. And I think it was a good learning process because our, our goal is obviously to have it built hundred percent of Vegas kids uh, as we move forward. But in your first year, as you, as you kind of get into it, that's, that's a little bit of a, uh, not a battle, but box lacrosse is really new to Las Vegas. Like until we kind of came in as the desert dogs, nobody really knew what it was. And, and Vegas overall has a pretty, pretty small lacrosse population. So uh, I think I learned a lot this summer about how we need to kind of formulate and, and build that program to to make sure that we can um, recruit and and have local kids as part of our team. But uh, the majority of the team this year was built from my network of of kids that I coach and and I work with, uh, just so we could be represented and kind of have a an initial starting point to build off of. And it was awesome to have those kids out there. A lot of them will have never been to the tournament. I think nobody on our team had ever been to the tournament before and and never got to see something like that. So they were just having a great time and we opened up the tournament winning a game which I mean we went into it it's a tournament you don't really know what other teams are going to bring and uh, for them to be able to start off in a really successful way and and just continue to be uh, a little bit better each game and and have a really good experience kind of coming together as as this unique group of people from all over the place and different teams uh, really forming some some strong relationships uh, with their teammates was really cool so tournament's so well done like the NLL crushes it um, in terms of organizing this event and for the kids, it's just an unbelievable experience. So I was really grateful that I got to have the opportunity to organize and, and coach uh, our first year there. Yeah, that's sick. Was that out of Utica? Is that where the tournament was held? No, they run it at uh, the Toronto Rocks facilities. Oh, uh, nice. So they have their beautiful, like, uh, it's called the track, the Toronto Rock Athletic Center. So they have two, like, dedicated turf lacrosse field, like indoor fields. They have a turf field outside. Uh, where they run some field lacrosse stuff um, and they utilize a couple of the community rinks in the area just because it's such a high volume of teams there's three divisions in our division there was 12 teams so you can't really just run it out of one space until it kind of gets um, refined down in the playoff rounds but uh, it's so cool for the kids to see especially coming from all these different areas like Ontario is a box lacrosse hub um, so being able to see kind of what it's like there the environment there all of the arena kind of facilities that the Toronto rock have and how professional it is. I think it's really cool for the kids to see like outside of their own space, um, how legit <laughs> box lacrosse is in, in some of these other spaces. Yeah. It's wild. My first kind of thought goes to like, you know, cause there's obviously teams in the U S and teams in Canada. And if they're taking local players, I would assume that the kids in Canada probably know and are more familiar with the box than the kids in the yeah. U.S. Did you did you feel like you saw a gap there, or were was was the competition a lot closer than you expected? I think it it just kind of varies, right? So, like for our team, we're really new, uh, and our players are going to be really new. And some of the other markets that have kind of a similar experience, where they're building their local populations into the box game and introducing them to the box game, they're they're kind of in that learning curve. But then you have a program like the Junior Mammoth, who have been established for a while. They're associated with a club program based out of Denver, and their kids like play all year. Seals are similar; they they build their program as more of like a year-round thing, where they're giving their their uh, players an opportunity to play in multiple box events and giving them really good instruction and coaching. And those teams come in and are really competitive all the time. So it just kind of depends on on where teams' programs are at and uh, kind of how they structure it. Uh, I think for us, our, our goal, obviously, given our, our population of players and, and kind of the experience level is is to formulate it more in, in like a longer term thing than just one event per year. Um, and we're really fortunate 
there's a really good community in Vegas uh, that's really invested in lacrosse and, and obviously embraced us kind of with open arms last year and is excited about trying to use us to, to help in the community. So we have a local box tournament in Vegas. That's a really easy one for us to kind of integrate the junior dogs into. And there's just a lot of, a lot of cool things I think upcoming this year for, for not only like our team, but the junior version of our team as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, if we're able to make the, uh, the trip out to see you guys this year, it'd be cool to, to kind of see some of the other things you guys are doing off the floor as well. Some, you know, witness some of those grassroots uh, initiatives that you guys have going on. So I, I know that that's been a big push for you, especially, you know, being a new team in a, in a different market. So it's, you know, right, right for you guys. And um, yeah, really cool to hear. So Garrett kind of talking about summer tournaments here, summer box tournaments, have you been following along with anything that's going on? Junior I mean, A, senior A, you know, talk bit. to me about it. More more of the senior A stuff I've been keeping up with. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I did follow up with the junior A's. Sorry, guys, but um, shout out to Six Nations for doing that little sweep out of my broom up here, but they definitely had them with them. Um, they was killing they were killing it. And like I we talked to Larson about it too. Um, a lot of the games may have started off slow, but it's like all of a sudden, like a spark hit. And then just went on a complete run. Um, and it was cool to see. So it's learning different things. So uh we're trying to see who's gonna end up with the uh on the WLA side. Uh, right now they're what they're like tied. It was a you know, two and two right now. Um, so Sam Bells or Thunder. Um, we'll figure what which one people want. They want some rain or they want some actual good dinner. Um, so we'll <laughs> see whoever decides to win up this matchup. But I'm excited to see them play. So the man cup's gonna be pretty fun this year. It's a it's a cool kind of atmosphere to to see for the first time because you know we we mostly just followed the NLL so far on the on the lifespan of this podcast yeah um, but obviously there's a lot of guys that that play pro that all also are playing in these leagues right um, at that are considered the highest level uh, um, you know some of the highest levels in, in box across so it's it's cool to see that crossover and, and recognize a lot of the uh, you know transition from playing obviously through the winter and the spring, and then they go right into summer. Um, Eric, is that something that, you know, you've been experiencing over your career? I mean, what's it like kind of just quickly moving from one season to the next? I feel like lacrosse is, is very unique like that where there's not a very much downtime, right? So what's that, what's that been like? I mean, I think as a player, you have a pretty narrow window to compete at, at the level that I'm really fortunate to play at. So the like excitement around, being able to go from the NLL right into senior A, like you said, where there's a lot of pro guys and, and there's a, a really competitive space to, to kind of transfer into is, is really exciting. Um, you're right. Lacrosse is like super unique. Um, we kind of reference like all the teams that I've played for kind of going through and lacrosse in its own way provides like a, a cool pathway for kids who come out of uh, their junior career and maybe don't get drafted or are looking for opportunities to work to the professional level to be on the floor with active professionals um, and, and trying to prove that you can hang at that level uh, through the senior A circuit or, or some of these summer ball circuits. So that's something that I really benefited from my, my first year going out West to play in the WLA. Um, that was kind of like a, a pretty clear pathway for me that was kind of laid out that said like, Hey, if you can go down there and, and make a team and perform well at that level, there's a pretty good chance that you'll get invited to a training camp. So that's like uh, something that we, we try to encourage lots of guys who are, who are maybe looking to, to achieve that, 
NLL goal, uh, we try to direct them uh, to try to find a way onto one of these senior A rosters because you're competing against the guys that are like not only just NLL players, but superstars in the NLL. I talk, look at these like rosters of guys that are in these finals, uh, the Peterborough and, and Six Nations one that just finished up and then the Thunder and Salmon Bellies one, they're loaded with NLL top talent. So um, it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat to be able to go and and for me as a player in, in this stage of my career and just kind of the approach that I take, it's a really good growth and development tool because you come out of an NLL season and you have some things that you're like, oh, I need to get better at this. And you can immediately kind of apply that to another competitive space um, and, and using it against the guys that you're going to see next uh, winter in the NLL. So I, I love it. I think all of us love it. That's why we continue to to jump in those summer bowl uh, uh, seasons and, and play for those teams. And it's just a different, different atmosphere when you're playing for a community-based team that has like a, a really long history. Uh, New West is every time we play in Queens Park Arena, like there's banners in there from like a hundred years ago plus, and they've been around forever. Right. So it's just, uh, it's just a little bit different when you have that kind of tradition uh, and history behind some of these, these teams. Yeah. Last question. I'm going to throw it over to you, Tuck, but um, do you think that there's more beef or more respect between the two? Do you think that the guys from the West talk shit about the guys from the East or is it more of like a mutual respect thing? Uh, I think, I mean, there's always kind of this battle. I think it probably happens in field lacrosse too, where it's like West versus East. And there's like uh, different styles and different approaches that come from those things. And um, I think at, at the core of it, there's always a, a mutual respect in in our game. Uh, and so many guys are like not, uh, transient between the two. It's not like if you're a West Coast guy, you're a West Coast guy forever. There's guys that kind of move back and forth. Sometimes they want to get the experience of playing out West because it's, it's different. It's unique from playing in, in the East. And um, when it's time to battle, it's time to battle. And maybe like competitive respect turns more into something that looks like a, a more direct kind of beef. But at the end of the day, like we all see each other quite a bit through the year in the NLL and, and in these senior A circuits or on and off the floor. So the respect I think is, is at the core of, of that stuff. But obviously when it's time to compete, there's, there's only one kind of thing that happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, oh. I don't know. I like it. Uh, the man, especially the man cup. Sorry, to cut you off, Tuck. But like, I remember last year, I started watching the man cup in the middle of the series. Um, but it was like, oh, I didn't know this was a thing. And yeah, then I started seeing like names pop up. And the one that popped up was like Dane Doby. I'm like, okay, how is this guy doing this stuff? And he, he's not like, no offense, Dane. If I ever could talk to you and love you. But he's like he's not he's like the most athletic person, but this guy can just score goals. And it's like I don't know what his hand, what's in his hands, what's in his stick. This guy's magic. But um, it was just a really it was really cool to see all these players in such a small and one place playing a series. And then season starts and everyone's back spread out. And it's like this is all, there's a lot of talent that just you just don't see anywhere else. Um, and I like that. I think it's really unique between the two um, the two series. The two uh, man cup, Minto cup, but also just all the availability there's to play for people. So, so that means somebody picked me up. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like for a lot of us, like especially for the Canadian guys, um, when you grow up playing and and as you progress through higher levels, like there is a huge uh, like aura around the man cup. Like that is a massive thing to win as part of your career, and and you'll see guys kind of chase these different trophies because of 
like kind of the respect that comes from being uh, a Minto champion, uh, a man cup champion, like all those things really mean a lot to guys. And especially if you've grown up in a community that has like a senior A team or, or around those areas, it like means even more when you can play for that team and try to take them to a man cup or a Minto cup or whatever it is. So those things carry a lot of weight. They're really important to, to guys at our level. And, and that's why you see guys, um, not only playing, but like playing really, really hard uh, through the summer to try to win those championships. And it probably like impacts guys' abilities to come into training camp feeling maybe the way they do or want to for, for your NLL. But like I said, it just means it means so much to all of us that you're willing to like sacrifice a little bit of your your preparation for NLL camps to, to kind of try and achieve that, those things. So it is very cool. I, I I love that aspect of our sport. My strength coach doesn't love it very much because he thinks like, this is stupid. Why don't we just train <laughs> through the off season? But it's like, it's hard to explain to people outside of, of the space. Sometimes you don't really understand kind of the weight and, and the importance of those things. Sure. No. Okay. Let's talk really quick here. This guy. So, social media is the <laughs> ability to reach people on a vast level across all corners of the world and connect and you've used your platform in recent years um, almost as an as a tool for education. Um, like, you know, I, I think we talked about a little bit previously, like you use it almost like a journal, which mm-hmm. I do the same. Like, you know, we're, we're active on social media, but you have created this educational brand also tied to yourself and your social media. And um, like I see the videos that you put out get shared kind of all over the place for like box education and everything like that. Where did that come from and when did you get into kind of using social media as a vehicle to coach people all over the world? I think for me, it kind of started as an accountability thing uh, because I I went out West and I was in this pursuit of trying to play at the NLL level. And I kind of recognized like I have to do more um, than what I'm doing right now. If I'm, if I do what I'm doing right now, I'm going to stay at the level that I am. So I needed to like increase my workload. I needed to, to get a little bit more, um, aggressive with my preparation. So that idea of like posting what I was doing was a really good accountability tool for me. So it's like, Hey, like you can't hide. If you're saying you're going to go out and and put these things out there, you have to go put it out there. It's kind of like a check-in. It was like a visual check-in for me. It's like a training, like you said, a training journal is kind of how it started. But in going through that process of trying to like expand my game and, and grow to the level that I needed to be to compete at the NLL level, what I realized was there's kind of like a lack of resources in our, in our sport, especially for box lacrosse right now. Um, And I come from like a space where there's not a lot of like, we have like a really good coaching community here, but it's still pretty small. And there's not a lot of like individual one-on-one stuff um, out there in terms of like what you can do for box lacrosse. So in recognizing that and understanding, like I was coaching a lot, I, I still coach a lot, obviously, but I was coaching a lot of kids who I think imagine were probably feeling the same way and, and are excited about it and want to do things on their own, but it's hard when you don't know what to do. Um, so I, I figured like, as I go through this process of kind of figuring out some of the stuff that works for me, if I can share that and that enables other people to, to be able to go out and, and throw the ball around on their own and get better at the sport that we all love. Um, that's like a, a pretty impactful thing. And hopefully like, people are finding value from that stuff and, and I enjoy doing it. It's a, it's a cool way to kind of connect. Like you talked about our connection. Like I've been so fortunate to connect with people all over the place um, just through doing that and, and sharing those things. So the, the goal is ultimately just to hopefully leave the sport a little bit better uh, 
when when my playing time is done and, and obviously I'll, I'll try to continue to to impact it as many ways as I can but I mean I've I've been so fortunate to receive so much from lacrosse and it's given me so many great experiences and and people that have come into my life that being able to give back to it in a small way by sharing some resources via this cool digital channel that we have is is really important to me cool good take I like that yeah and now I mean like the thing is for me as a as a kind of mobile person where you live in Vegas for part of the year and 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 live in Edmonton it, it also just provides a cool way um to to be able to connect with all these different aspects of my community that I've kind of built up um while I'm on the move so in in a couple of weeks I'm I'm launching like a training app platform which I've never done before we we trialed it out with our our U13 junior NLL kids they really liked it it just was a way for me to kind of keep in touch with them while I was away or we were in different places and give them kind of things to work on and prepare so in a couple of weeks like I'm I'm launching this officially and and all I'm going to be doing it's it's not like a, a super complicated thing it's just I'm going to be sharing all the workouts that I'm doing to get ready for training camp and if people want to or are motivated enough to try and like do those workouts and and want to prepare the way that I do, they can, they can sign up and, and kind of follow along with that. And really, I think the bigger function of it is, is creating this community of people who are motivated enough to, to dive in and spend some time on their own, going to the rink and throwing a ball around, doing some footwork, doing some stick work stuff. And like this opportunity to be on this, this podcast with you guys, like I hope it opens up other opportunities for kids as well to, to connect with each other. And uh, through all the coaching and, and some of the stuff I've done, that's been the most rewarding thing is seeing people create relationships within this, within this sport that go a lot deeper than just playing uh, together uh, and see these kids like want to hang out and play video games together or, or text and they live in different countries sometimes. So it's pretty cool to see that and, and help facilitate that a little bit. Totally like that. Okay. I'm stealing a second question here. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about like your kind of like your journey, like through rehab um, and kind of like getting back to where you wanted to be at for NLL shape and then kind of to where you are now, what does that past couple of years look like and kind of just the grind behind that playing wherever, however you can and getting, getting to where you are now. Cause like this was kind of the ultimate goal. It sounds like. Yeah. So I think, my college experience was a big wake up call. I've, I've spoken to this a, a few times. Uh, I got through my recruiting process and I kind of like, it, it has been a narrative of my career of playing in all these different spaces, trying to gather as much information and experience as I could coming from like a non-traditional lacrosse hotbed. So I went to like three different high schools that had academy style programs um, mm-hmm. in this pursuit of playing college lacrosse with the ultimate goal of being a professional. Um, but that was like a big wake up call once I got, uh, to college in terms of like what the, what the workload and, and the focus level needed to be. And I just didn't really like understand what that was as a young guy. I was like 18 going into school and and I came from Alberta where we had like, a pre- we have a pretty small lacrosse community and there's definitely not a big field lacrosse community. So um, it was like a really kind of um, interesting development space for me in terms of learning like the workload it takes to be at the level that some of these guys were at. Uh, so I came out of college and I was undrafted because I, I really struggled to get playing time because I wasn't prepared and I, I didn't know how to how work and, and prepare in that way. So coming out of that and graduating, I was like, okay, well, there's some things that need to change and and there's some things I need to do a lot better. So one of the big steps was being able to play out West. And like I said, showcase in front of 
NOL players, but also coaches and GMs that you're capable of playing at that level. So in the first preseason game of my first year out there, see you later ACL, which was like a pretty tough, tough one to <laughs> tough one to take right off the start. But uh, I'm, I'm really, really grateful. And, and this is the reason that I, I've continued to, among other things, continue to re- return to Coquitlam in the summers is like I, I tore it in a, in a preseason game with them, but they kept me around. They gave me the environment and the support I needed to kind of work through that injury and stay connected to the game and feel excited about it because it was like really disheartening obviously you like feel like you're taking a really big step forward towards being a pro and you take like a gigantic step back where you're like I'm not gonna be able to play for a year Mm -hmm. but that process was really good because I was again in that formative kind of space of trying to figure out like what is my training and like how do I need to approach this to be a pro and what that kind of put me in the space of was like acting like a professional before I was a professional. So like my full-time job, and I was like really fortunate that I had this, like the support again of the team, my family, all these things to enable me to do this. But my full-time job became being like ready to play the following year. So that really like laid a, a, a routine and a mindset and a foundation of like acting like a professional before I was a professional, putting tons of time into my stick work, my skill work. Um, obviously the rehab piece. And I had really great, trainers and, and people around me to help me get my knee back to where it needed to be to, to compete. Um, so that I think was the most important and probably one of the, like it, it's always weird to say, but the best parts of that injury was the impacts it had on like how I approached my preparation. So again, like I had to have the right people around me who could kind of guide me through that. But um, coming out of it, I felt really physically prepared skill prepared and and I was ready to kind of attack the next step which was again I have to play well in front of the right people to to get a chance so I came back the following summer and and had a chance to play the the WLA season and then like I said I it was like pretty short because I was out for so long Uh, I got like I think nine games in that summer and I was just looking to play more because I'd already been out for a year so then I went up to Portland and played there for for a little bit I was hitting all the tournaments I could to get games in and I was lucky enough to, to get invited to come to the, the Mammoth training camp um, that fall. So it was just like uh, it was a really hard thing to go through, but it was a really important thing for me to go through. And, and I think without that, I, I wouldn't be in this position right now. Yeah, I needed to, to kind of have that that really challenging situation to kind of be faced uh, faced with in order to really address some of these things that I knew needed to change to be a pro. Cool, man. I like that. Good summary. Okay, I'm done. I got, I got, that's, that's all I got. That's all I that's got. Those are my questions. All right, it. Garrett, Tim, what do you got? Yeah, you go, Garrett, because, I mean, Tucker decided to just jump right into the interview without <laughs> actually announcing yeah, it. So, so we'll, we'll just, we'll, 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 everyone's on Tucker time. It's, it's always good. Get away, Garrett. Oh, Tuck, here we go. Thinks he's a college coach now. You got to give him a little bit of a break with the giant Canadian flag behind him. Well, I was going to say, it's actually, it's actually an interesting story to that. So there was a, there was a Haudenosaunee flag hanging next to it that yeah. I got for my Canadian guys, my Haudenosaunee students that came in. And the Haudenosaunee one has since disappeared. Don't know where it is. Um, the Canadian one is still ha- hanging there. And the interesting piece into your story is the Canadian flag is for one of our players from Alberta who just got here. Yeah from fort saskatchewan alberta yeah yeah. uh, there's the there's the connection of you know alberta to college ball and that's why there's a flag there there's the explanation who who is it Ryder chaba Ryder chaba okay you know he played for the shout out i guess the crude the crude box yeah yeah i'm a i'm a crude alum too so 
Are you that's actually? Cool. That's oh. really cool. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's cool. the there's the tie. That's exactly. <laughs> oh, that's oh really cool. this is all planned out way. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, no, I'm I'm gonna be following Tucker season pretty closely, just like. I think guy he tweets everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, big Clark University guys. Man. Yeah, seriously, yeah. all of us. All right, so since we're switching to the interview portion. You might as well just get into it. Hi, everybody. All right, we're back. Um, <laughs> today we have the one. I don't know about the only because there's a lot of people ET, you know, as initials. So you know, the alien who fights the phone home. Um, to people that do some training, but we have. The man, the myth, the legend himself, the wall ball wizard, the gridiron gang, Eric Turner of the Vegas Desert Dogs. Welcome wow. to the cast. What, a, what an announcement that was. I'm going to run yeah. that one. <laughs> <That's all. laughs> I call him the wall ball wizard. This guy posts so many wall ball routines throughout the summer, just all the time. It's like you never stop, which is cool because sometimes I'll admit, I'm like, mm, I want to go do something, but. I don't know what to do because shooting around, I play defense. I'm not shooting all the time. Um, but wall ball is like a great thing for people to to do. One, to get their hands better, but two, to get more comfortable with just moving and playing with, with the stick and playing the sport. How do you come up with all of these routines? And then are these just like routines that you do or ones that you uh, you go through? How What's that about? Well, I think like – uh, one big knock on me when I was going through my recruiting process uh, through high school was like I had really good athleticism. I was more of like a defensive uh, defensive player, um, which I've continued to be. But I think the big knock was like my stick skills weren't very good. So looking at coming out of college um, and, and going undrafted and, and trying to become a pro, I recognized that that was something I had to invest a ton of time in. So when you look and you're trying to find like, what do I do to get better at my stick work? The first thing that most people will tell you is go to the wall. Um, so I, I started going to the wall quite a bit, obviously. And you find like these kind of standardized routines online and you, you find the base level exercises that I think make the most sense to do that translate the best to, to games. Uh, but eventually it gets kind of stagnant. And I, I found that like the same routines over and over and over again, like you don't really get excited about doing those. Sometimes you need to, to mix it up and, and keep it exciting for yourself. So the, the mad minute challenges that I do were, this is going to sound super nerdy, but uh, when I was a kid, I loved doing, we had these things called mad minutes uh, in math class. So it'd be like a set of a certain amount of math questions and you had to finish them as quickly as possible. Like you try to get them all done in a minute. So I just adopted that concept into like wall ball routines. So I would just pick a a set of five to six exercises that, and you try to get all the repetitions done within the minute. Uh, and it just makes it really dynamic. It's really easy to do. Um, there's like endless combinations, obviously with all the different variations of wall ball drills that you can do these, these mad minutes are kind of endless and you can get a really kind of fun workout out of them because uh, you just do it for multiple rounds or, or however you want to format it. Uh, but the other piece of it that I really like is it keeps you like accountable to the tempo and the speed and kind of the focus that you need to bring to do wall ball at an effective level uh, with that kind of comp uh, like competition element to it where it's like I'm trying to get this done within a minute. So a lot of it is just like figuring out what are the skills that are really important for me in my position and I need to be able to like catch the ball at kind of weird angles. Sometimes I need to be able to release the ball at good angles, um, be really like sure with my placement. So I just do a lot of those fundamental ones and then uh, just combining them in, in different combinations to, to create these kind of fun competitive 
ways to, to work through those skills. Uh, and again, I, I, like I said, I think the, the thing that really is the most enjoyable about it is there's like a, a goal that doesn't just allow you to sit there and throw the wall or the ball off the wall with like mindless, no intent. You're, you have to actually be really focused for that, for that minute or whatever the duration is that you set. Hmm. Okay. You know, I, I like think we should do Garrett really, and you can keep going with your questions in a second, but I think we should have Eric put together the TBLC minute challenge and the three of us should go head to head to head <laughs> and see who, who's actually, who's got them. yeah, I, yeah. I'm throwing it down. I'm throwing down the gauntlet here. So Eric, yeah. Eric we're going to, Eric, if you're, if you're cool with designing a, a minute challenge for us, yeah, we'll go ahead and we'll go, we'll compete. And I just honestly, Garrett, I don't care if you win. I just don't want Tucker to win. So yeah, we got we, we like maybe we partner up and Tucker goes one up two v one, but we'll, we'll have to. Figure He'll be out. all right. <laughs> He'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, a little bit more, I guess. I don't want to say personal question, but could be. Um, yeah. number forty-one. You've continued that through multiple teams that you've been on. Um, why did you choose that number? It wasn't really intended to be like a, a super, like it doesn't really have a ton of, of personal significance. Uh, I was going into college and I never really had like a, a consistent number to that point that it didn't really matter to me that much. Um, so I was going into college and I was like, I got to I gotta pick a number that I'm going to wear for four years. Uh, my brother and I are three and a half years apart. He's, he's younger, uh, but we're both born on the 14th of different months. So 14 always, always kind of like stuck out in my head as like maybe a cool number that I could, could kind of like back up as being significant to me. But that was already taken when I got to Cornell. So I just flipped it to 41 um, and then realized later and, and just kind of the weird way that things work out sometimes. My mom wore number 41 when she played basketball when she was younger. So there's like a cool kind of family uh, legacy, I guess, not really, but a little bit of legacy to the number. And I had actually worn 41 in a basketball, a couple of basketball seasons. I didn't even know until I saw pictures of myself doing it. So just become kind of just the number that I, I look for if I can get it. And um, I've been really fortunate. Like we mentioned the crew a little bit earlier, the, the first year that I came back from from school and I was going to play there. Um, they went out of their way to, to make a custom 41 Jersey for me. So they, they were really, it was really cool that they were able to do that. And it's just, it's just become something that I, that I seek out and, and I, I feel comfortable in it now. So it is just part of me, I guess. <laughs> Ryder just also, Ryder also just texted me and pointed out the fact that you're the record holder for most points in the season for the crew. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's true, but I was like, I had a really good time. I had a really good time there. Uh, I was coming out of, of a space in, in college, like I kind of mentioned earlier, where my confidence was pretty low. I was getting like not getting to play a lot. It was just like a really hard time um, because you go in and you have these big aspirations of having a great college career. And, and I did have a great college career. It was really, really good experience. But in terms of playing, I didn't get to play very much. And, and obviously all of us, we want to play and we want to compete. And especially when you have bigger goals beyond just playing in university, like you need to showcase yourself. So I, uh, I made the decision to drop down. I was playing junior A for my first two years of junior. Um, and I made the decision to drop down to junior B, which is where the crude play. Um, just for a couple of reasons. One of the biggest drivers was my brother. Again, he's younger than me and we've never had the opportunity to be on the same team in any sport just because of the age gap. And, uh, that was the first opportunity that I really would have had to play with him on a team. And, and it will probably never happen again at that kind of competitive space and that level. So it was like really important to me to try to do that with him. And 
Um, so the crew offered us that opportunity and I, I got to do that. And, and it was, it was really fun. Uh, some of my best friends were on those crew teams. It, it just was really helpful for me in the summer to go back and, and be in a space where I could have a lot of fun and, and play lacrosse and get a ton of playing time and, and a ton of opportunity. And I got to play with some really good teammates who apparently passed me the ball enough for me to score some points. So I feel really lucky that I, I got to have that experience there. That's nice. I do have another question, and I'm probably pass it on after this. Um, your time in Prague, um, I see you played for the Mega Man. Who else uh, have you played for? And then what was the best team that you played for out there? The the best team that I played for out there was the the first year I went. It was just a group of Alberta guys. I think we only had like 13 players, um, but we won the tournament the first year that I went. We uh, we beat the host team in the final. Um, so we. Uh, we obviously had a lot of success, which was which was really fun. And then uh, I played for that same Alberta team the following year, and it was like raining the whole time. It was like a really tough playing year, but still a lot of fun, uh, just because the surface is like it's an outdoor rink. It's it's mm-hmm. not designed to withhold rain, and they had these like wooden plywood squeegee things that they were trying to like get the floor dry, but it just was a nightmare. Like you couldn't you couldn't go anywhere without trying to like fall down. So I played those first two years. Um, with that Alberta group. And then when I made the move to the WLA, just the way that like um, transfer rights and, and all that kind of stuff works within Canada, I wouldn't be able to play for the Alberta team unless I transfer my rights back to Alberta and then back to the, to BC. It was like this really kind of, it seemed really silly to me and really complicated. And, and, and I was just in a position where I'm like, I need to play in the WLA so I had to unfortunately like step away from the Alberta team. And that's when I played for, for the Mega Men, uh, which was a great, great experience. I really, I was really happy that I, I got to do that. The Mega Men are, are a great group of guys. And I knew a lot of them because I had played on the Laser Sharks um, in a couple of tournaments. And a lot of those guys do both. So it wasn't an unfamiliar space. Uh, but the the main reason for the switch in, in that, in that prog event was just because of the the transfer thing for me moving my uh, summer ball rights from Alberta to BC. Um, I had to kind of find a new team. Uh, so I had a really like that tournament is unbelievable or anybody that is thinking about doing like an international travel thing to play some box across, you should go absolutely. And um, hopefully there's a, there's a chance uh, when I'm maybe way more washed up that I can go back and and once my NLL career is done, uh, go back there because it's it's an awesome, awesome event. And uh, the three years that I got to go were, were really awesome. Yeah, yeah we've been telling all the guys who, uh, you know, are, are 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 giving us the same answer that we'll just go ahead and put a team together like when all you yeah. guys retire and then we'll go over there. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Just, just kill I'm it. in. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. It's been uh it's been cool to see it. Like, I mean, it's, it's a, obviously a really big tournament and and they do a really, really good job with it. I'm always so impressed with like the streaming capabilities that they have and, and the way that that community embraces this, this box across tournament every year. Uh, but there's been some really good players that have gone through there. And that was like the thing that really stood out to me. Uh, the first year that I went is we're looking at some of these rosters and some of the teams that we had to go through to, to get to that final game. And you have like, ex NLL or current NLL guys that were that were kind of in the mix so um the timing just is is tough obviously when you're playing in the NLL like it happens at the end of April so unless the schedule is built in a way where your team is done you just can't go so um for people that, that can attend uh you you should go because it's it's awesome it's probably the best thing that you'll do in your lacrosse career yeah put that one on the bucket list for sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
All right, you done, Garrett, or what? Yeah, yeah, I'm done for now. This, <laughs> I got some other ones loading up. So I want to kind of bring it full circle. We've talked a lot about, um, you know, Canadian box. We talked now about international international box, right? A lot of the uh, summer box that's going on. Um, but I want to I want to talk about Vegas, right? Because that's you know something that um, clearly has become a, a big part of your life. And, you know, I want to kind of start less serious, but then I talk about a lot of the things that you guys are doing, right? So first of all, what's it like living in Sin City, right? Obviously, it wears off after a little bit, I'm sure. But yeah, yeah, you know, learn that you're going to live in Vegas for for the season. And then what's that experience like actually being there every day with, you know, are the boys hitting the clubs? Are you guys, you know, going out to some shows? Like, what does that look like when when that all kind of came to fruition for you? I think it's uh it's like most things like when you're when you're there on a more consistent basis it becomes more of like a space where you live rather than the novelty. So my only experience with Vegas really prior to that is I played in the Sin City Box Classic that I went there with the Laser Sharks prior to being in the NLL um, and we had a team that was like way too good to be at that tournament. It was like Will Manny, Marcus Holman, like a bunch of guys and and we were just like we we're having a great time but it was like our team was way competitively uh, ahead of, of our, our competition but obviously when you're there for like a weekend at something like that you go and you do the Vegas thing that most people talk about you go to clubs you you go hang out and and really experience the strip so like when you hear about like living in Vegas really I think most thing that comes to people's mind is the strip but once you get outside of the strip where we lived and and what I've experienced over the past year is it's like a really really awesome place to live that's very community focused uh and and offers like a really wide range of things to do uh, where we lived in Summerlin. Um, there's like Red Rock Canyon is like right around there. So there's like an outdoorsy element if you want to go hike around and, and see some pretty cool stuff. There's always shows or events going on because it's really kind of like an entertainment capital of, of the world. So there's that element. Uh, for me, I, I call myself a snowbird now because I dodge our nasty Alberta winters and, and go live in Vegas uh, right. when it's like cold for them. But for me, it's like still summer. So I get to just like the opportunity to be outside for the majority of the year um, comfortably is, is really awesome. And I, I think, again, the biggest thing, uh, and I've said this since since I got moved to the team and really got to experience uh, Vegas as a city is it's such an outstanding like community space. And obviously we're coming in in a pretty privileged position as, as pro uh, pro athletes for a, a Vegas uh, uh, born team and, and base team, but people were just like so welcoming to us. And, and even if they're not really super aware of, of who we are, all my interactions with people in Vegas were, were really awesome. They're always just looking to help and, and support each other. So it's it's a great place to live. I've I've really enjoyed it. It's so much different than than where I am now in Edmonton, which is like a little bit like slower pace and and not as obviously like glitzed and glamorous as as Vegas can be. But just being in a space like I said, where there's always something going on, there's always something like coming up. Like this fall, we have the F1 event that's going to be there. Yeah, the Super so Bowl cool. is in the spring. Like these, just major, major things going on, and and just the energy in the city that comes with that is is really, really cool. So, and it's like a really, really uh, appealing place for co- people to come visit. I played in Colorado for two seasons, and 
I had maybe like a handful of people that were like, oh yeah, maybe we'll come to Denver. And as soon as I went to Vegas, it's like, we're coming. <laughs> See you there, kind of <laughs> that was what, that's what I was one of the questions I was going to ask if people were like, all right, let's get yeah. the boys together. Like Eric's, yeah, Eric's so, playing in Vegas now. So we're going. Yeah. Down. So it's, it's, it's been really cool in that way. Like just like my brother came down with his buddies and had a cool uh, Vegas weekend. Um, and, and obviously with our team um, it's, it's cool. Cause the guys are, the guys are excited, but. For the local guys, uh, we we just really tried to embrace it as much as we could. We we tried to do all the different aspects, um, see shows, go experience like the outdoorsy part of it, just really get to know our community because um, uh, you never know how how long you're going to be in a space. And, and I'm really, really grateful and excited I get to be back this year. But obviously in our position, like nothing is ever really guaranteed. So we just really tried to embrace it um, as much as we could and I'm excited to go back and, and learn even more about it this year. Yeah. And there's, there's just a couple more things that I want to kind of explore, you know, with this whole experience that you're going through. Yeah. But, you know, the first, you know, being obviously living in Vegas, that being a unique experience in general, then starting or being a part of the start of a brand new program, right? Like a brand new professional team, obviously there's a lot of things that go into that and, you know, like an expansion draft and then, you know, setting, it's not like going into a different team where there's already, uh, you know, established leadership, there's, there's traditions, things like that, right? So what was it like for you guys to kind of come together as this new group? And what was that process like deciding, okay, these are the goals, and this is what we want to accomplish, both on the floor and off the season? Yeah, I mean, it was it was very unique for me, because I had just come off the championship year with Colorado. And then, um, in my experience there, like you got to training camp and like you said, there's like an established leadership group. Those guys know what's going on. The routine of training camp is, is very like established. Everybody knows kind of the drill. Um, and then there's like a couple new guys sprinkled in, uh, and that you got to get up to speed pretty quick for us in, in Vegas camp last year, it was kind of like you said, a blank slate and, and we didn't really know like what our training camp schedule is going to be like, where we're doing training camp week to week. Um, and trying to figure out like positionally and, and just dynamics wise, like how can we come together really quickly? Cause you get four weekends basically in the NLL to, to get ready for the the whole year, um, which is, is a pretty tight timeline to work off of. So the big focus for us right from the start, and it, it really starts from our, our leadership uh, from a coaching standpoint, all the way down is this idea of like character and trust and and like commitment to each other within our within our locker room and and just the quality of people that formulated our team last year who a lot of them are returning this year which is really great is like so strong we have such a good group of people who not only like are committed to what we're trying to do there and, and we talk a lot about i think at the professional level always you're trying to win championships right so as an expansion team last year, we talked a lot about like, it's probably not going to happen in the first year, but what are the foundations that we need to lay for this to be like something that we can attain in the future? So I really liked that kind of like building block mentality that we had. The thing that I'm really excited about this year is to lose the crutch of being an expansion team. Because last year, if, if things didn't go well, you could always kind of fall back on like, well, we're a new team. We're still trying to find our way. I'm excited on a personal level and for our whole team to, to be like, not have that anymore. Cause it's an easy way to like make excuses for things. And I think now it's like, okay, that, that 
kind of initial stage is over. We all know how this is supposed to work. We know what the expectations are. Now let's just go, not just talk about it, but like, let's go do it for real. So I think we, we had a really successful first season in, in a lot of ways. Um, there's a lot of games that I think we had a really, really good chance to win that we kind of let get away from us. That could have been really, really huge down the stretch. And I think going into the second year, like I think for all of us, the the focus is is being a playoff team, and that's like the the next big progression for us as a team. Yeah, absolutely. That's it's really cool to hear, and I know that just in general, I feel like across the board, Vegas is now becoming more of you know this this kind of sports town, right? With the Vegas Golden Knights, with you know the Raiders, and I know that at least from what I've heard that the the local community there really loves to back the teams that are from Vegas, right. That have started there. So, you know, something that we've kind of talked about uh, previous to this and, and that I've just heard in general is that you guys did have a decent amount of buy-in from your fan base kind of right off the bat, or, you know, it really did grow over the season. What was that like? And what are you excited for now that you're coming into the second season, you guys are established and, and going forward here? Yeah. I mean, Vegas is a great sports city it's a great sports city and maybe it's because they had like, haven't had it for a good portion of, <laughs> of their, of their history as, as a space. But like you said, their, their support and just buy into the teams that are Las Vegas teams is massive. Our home opener, I think our arena seat like seats around 9,000 and some in, in capacity. And I'm pretty sure at our home opener, we were pretty close to 9,000 people being in there. And I think throughout the year, our crowds were really, really great. The The part that was really neat because we did a lot of like initial fan experience kind of interaction stuff, which I think is a huge strength of the NLL. We get to have really like cool um, interactions with our fan base and, and are really kind of face to face with them a lot of the time. But when you talk to a, all the fans that I talked to were like, I've never seen box lacrosse before. I have no idea what it is. I'm just excited that we have another pro Vegas team here. And over the course of the season, you obviously have your season ticket holders and this consistency, but then you see like fan base start to grow because people are obviously excited about the product and, and what it looks like on the floor, but also like the education level of our fan base as they started to understand the game more, it became more exciting for them, I think. And you can feel their energy grow throughout the year because they understand like what's a big play in box lacrosse <clears throat> or like what's a really, really pivotal moment. Where does the momentum need to shift? Where do we need to get louder? So all those things um, were really neat to kind of feel as a player over the course of the year coming into a, a market where box across was really new, but like foundationally having a really engaged and strong fan base from the beginning and just seeing them really embrace and get excited about the box game was, was really neat. Yeah, it's, it's really unique. Um, you know, we, we kind of joke around that this is a, a, a desert dogs pod just because you know we started the same year you did we're, we're we were new to the nll too so yeah. uh you know we we definitely uh followed you guys a lot throughout the season and it's exciting to to kind of see you guys you know come into your own and, and really embrace vegas and vegas embrace you guys right so excited to see the second year for you guys coming up and and what's in store um you know congrats on on building a lot of the the relationships in that community there i, I think you guys are doing a really cool job um, that's everything that that I had. Tucker, you got any any final questions? Garrett, you got Sounds anything, up. brother? Yeah, I got 
No, I was playing with you. I, I <laughs> want to ask you. I know you're probably going to plug it. Um, your training platform. Um, what can people expect? Um, how's it all going to go? How long is it going to go? You're going to do it again, even when you're during the season. What's what's everything going to look like? Yeah. So the the initial wave uh, it starts uh, in two weeks, and I'm blanking on the date. I want to say September 4th is two Mondays from now. Um, so <clears throat> essentially, what's going to happen is uh, whoever signs up. Uh, leading up to that, uh, as soon as September 4th hits, you're going to get like my weekly skills training. I'm just going to share that we have a, a really cool, uh, we kind of converted like a, a personal training app and, and have leveraged it for my own purposes because it gives us the ability to not only share like the workouts, but I can broadcast everyone in there. I can share video messages. You can upload like how the, how the workouts are going for you. Um, everything within the app it's like a one-stop shop so it's it's a pretty neat space uh to be able to kind of run this for the first time but again people are just going to receive uh nine weeks of my training camp prep so there's two skill workouts a week that's that's usually how my how my training goes outside of all the other stuff that i do i do two really dedicated skills workouts and then i have like a weekly wall ball routine that i'll go through probably uh at least four times a week um, throughout the week. So they'll get access to all that stuff. And then the bigger piece, I think obviously the workouts are great, but then you have access to me. So if you have questions about the training or if you want to just like be competitive with me about like how quickly did you do the wall ball? How many targets did you hit in your shooting competition drill? Like those kind of things, you can do that. And you can also do that with everybody else. That's, that's part of this, this training group. So uh, I'm really excited for it. I, I, I mean, obviously it's the first year doing it, so I don't, I don't really know um, necessarily how it's going to go. <laughs> I'm really ner- like, it's like the good nervous, you know, when you have something new launching. And I think it just means that I'm excited to, to involve people more heavily in, in kind of what I do and, and share a little bit more on a deeper level of, of not only the workouts, but kind of what I'm focusing on through them or helping players kind of, tailor them more specifically to what they need. And then the extension beyond that is going to be after that nine weeks is over and and you've had that full kind of training plan, I'll I'll likely shift it to, to doing an in-season version. Um, And then obviously as soon as people are, are kind of in that, in that community, there's, there's an ongoing support thing that that'll happen. So if people have questions or, or need uh, a little bit more guidance as they go through, um, then, then I'll be there for resources them on an ongoing basis. But for me, like a lot of the stuff is rooted in just trying to help and, and impact whoever I can on a community level. And sometimes it's going to be like through sharing the workouts, but sometimes it's just going to be like, Hey, I'm trying to get more involved in box lacrosse. Like, how do I do that? And, and I think just being able to connect with all these people who are maybe pursuing similar goals that I have or, or have had in my career is going to be, is going to be really cool. So I look at it as like a twofold thing. There's, there's obviously the the tangible piece, which is you get the the skill workouts that maybe um, you wouldn't have access to otherwise, or or you just need a, a structure to follow. But the the bigger one for me, and and the one that I'm most excited about, is just providing that like sense of community and, and mentorship to to younger guys or or guys who are in kind of a similar position to to where I was, where like they feel like they're close and they just need need that next kind of step to get um, hopefully to try to push them to a training camp or or whatever it is. Nice. Well, I'll let you know I signed up. So that means you all should. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely going to sign up. Right up my alley. <laughs> I was just like, this has uh, been a big struggle for me personally, just because like, you know, 
being in season is just totally different where like I, I'm not used to training for lacrosse, especially in my adult years. So like, you know, I work out three, four times a week. I do like regular lifts that are just, you know, just to keep in shape. But then when I'm in season, my motivation is so, so much less just because, you know, you play a game, maybe two on a weekend, then like you're recovering for a day or two and then you have practice and you recover a day after that. And then you're back into the weekend of like playing games. So it's been really tough to try to balance, like, you know, still getting weightlifting in or like keeping my body in shape. So it sounds like something that uh, I'm definitely going to invest in. So, yeah. And it's felt like, a, like I said, I, I don't know. I, I, we'll learn obviously as we progress, how to, how to better communicate it. Cause I, right now the, the wording that I've used is like train with me, which I, I think sometimes can be misinterpreted as like being trained by me. So this is literally just me sharing again, like the exact things that I'm doing and the volume that I'm doing that works alongside. Like I, I strength train four times a week. I have like dedicated conditioning and mobility days. So these are like built around a schedule that is like demanding and you can fit it in. Uh, and I think a lot of times like my struggle was I didn't have a structure and I had to build that structure. So instead of having people try to go through that process themselves of trying to figure out like, what do I do? Um, I'm trying to provide that for people uh, to just utilize. And, and hopefully there's, there's some value that gets taken out of that. And um, it's, it's been pretty successful for me. So hopefully it brings some other people some success as well. That's sweet. Yeah. We're, we're definitely uh, excited to see where that goes and uh, you know, however we can partner with you let us know. But yeah. really appreciate your time, Eric. This is uh this has been a really awesome episode. And um, you know, we're hoping that you come back for a second one and we're excited to see you guys coming up here with your season and whatnot. So, you know, if there's any other kind of closing remarks you want to give the the fans or give a shout out to, by all means, you're more than welcome to. But we appreciate your time for sure. Yeah, I just I think I really appreciate you guys having me on. I think we leading up to this and when you kind of sent me the invite, I, I kind of expressed to you, I think it's it's really cool that you guys are doing this and, and trying to like bring more uh, coverage and, and opportunity for people to not only understand like the different avenues that exist within box across, but also uh, get to know some of the guys that are, are participating in it actively and you guys, like, obviously I did a little bit of my research leading up, but you had my teammate Jackson Subak on here, who's obviously a, a riot to, to talk to and, and be around, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> you guys have had a great range of, of people on here. And, and I think just uh, what you guys are doing is, is really cool. And the fact that you're active in it as well is, is really awesome. So I'm excited, um, obviously for our upcoming season, but I'm excited to, to kind of check in back with you guys as this thing grows and as it builds. And obviously, uh, Hopefully can get you guys out to Vegas to to come see a game live. Yeah, I'm waiting for the the schedule to drop. So Me too. It's getting really the, annoying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, get those dates on the calendar. We'll we'll yeah. definitely see you this winter for sure. Yeah, so yeah. uh appreciate it, Eric. It's it's yeah. been awesome having you on. This is definitely not going to be your last uh, episode with us. I don't know if you have a choice at this point now. So uh we'll, we'll yeah, definitely have you back. Signed on. Well, let me know. Let me know if there's a, an opportunity for me to to be a teammate of one of yours on my 14th or whatever team it is within the last six years i'd love to come out and, and more get than welcome to we, we've kicked around putting together a charity event for uh oh, sweet. You know, so some you know have some guys that we have connections with come out and, and play and whatnot so maybe we can get you part of that but otherwise uh who knows so just let us know when you're gonna retire we'll make sure we grab the up right right over yeah we'll, we'll already have it written i've got it drafted i'll just like i'll just yeah, change yeah. the year whatever year it is <laughs> 
<laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, awesome. Eric. Appreciate the time, man. Yeah. Hope you had fun with us. Uh, we definitely had a good time with you. Uh, and, you know, hopefully we'll see you again soon. For sure. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much.